it's a great honor and a privilege to be back in Durbanville Central. And it's a real privilege, I mean, that to have this young man with me, who's a fine specimen of the grace of God. Um, he's a good brother. And uh, he phoned me and he said, Uncle Jeff, I want to shadow you for some nights, some weeks, some days. So we made this plan, and then he phoned and he said, no, look, I can't come on Friday because we've got a worship thing on Saturday at TMT. He's at TMT. So yesterday I picked him up, and he's a, just a good young man that God's got his hand on, and it's a great privilege to have him with me. So afterwards, love him a bit. He's worth loving. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He really is. And it's wonderful to see Matthew. Matthew and I, you, most of you don't know, we, we walked a little road together. And it was so exciting. I was driving here this morning and suddenly it clicked. Ah, Matthew might be there. And there he is. Great to see you, Matt. Praise God. Praise God. And some of the old faces, you know, the old regulars, you know. <laughs> well done, guys. We here. Amen. So last week you heard about being devoted to... <laughs> you see, that's why we don't preach every week. Because you don't remember what we preached the week before. Did you, did you have the preach? You did. Okay, so can somebody tell me what was it about? Devote. Yeah, oh, that's so spiritual and beautiful. But it, it wasn't actually, that wasn't the message. No, devoted to the, the apostles' teaching. Because we're having a conference. So some guy in my congregation, our congregation, one big phone me, said, listen, this conference thing for me, it's pie in the sky. And I want to eat some pie. <laughs> so why haven't I eaten apostolic pie over two years? I said, because there's been a thing called COVID. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen Andrew, which is not really true. So I said, no, Andrew is the apostolic guy, but he's got a team, and team guys have come. Through the congregation. That's why we're saying, go to the conference, you ugly thing. Because then you can hear the apostolic teaching. That's what it's about. That's why we're pushing that. Oh, I see. Okay, so then you can eat the pie in the sky that you dream of. Because it'll be Andrew and Jonathan from Isle of Man and Brad from Port Elizabeth, Oxygen Life, guys. All these guys, we are going to get fed. You think this worship was good? Thank you, the worship band, wherever you are. Excellent. It's going to be off the charts. Who went to the last one we had at Morrison? The gathering. I mean, I felt like I was at a pop concert. That stage, I've never been to one of them. I thought, oh, check this out. It's going to be much bigger than that. So we get devoted to the apostolic teaching. When, when the disciples and the, and, and the, the, the new Christians, they, that's what they were devoted to. Now, that's a strong word. Devoted. Devoted means this, to persevere. If you, if you come from Port Elizabeth, I come from Grahamstown, and if you get on a train in Port Elizabeth to go to dispatch, who knows that there's a place called Dispatch? Rasi Rasmus comes from Dispatch. So does Dani Haber come from Dispatch. The dispatch has produced some people. So, but there's a train, you go. <laughs> Port Elizabeth, 
North End, some red house, and then there's a station called Perseverance. And the, 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 the funny in Port Elizabeth was, if you, go, if you go by train from Port Elizabeth and persevere, you get to dispatch. <laughs> but it's, it's a strong word, you persevere, you don't hold on. The writer to the Hebrews says, we must run with perseverance, this race that's been marked out for us. So it's that, or it's to continue despite difficulty. How quickly we give up, eh? How quickly we can give up. And the world today is like that. It doesn't suit me, so I'll give it up. No, devoted means even through challenges, I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to do this thing. Or I face opposition. And when we face opposition, the enemy always says you're going to lose. Now listen, when you lose with God, you win. When you surrender to God, you win. In war, if you surrender, you lose. You become a prisoner of war. But with God, you surrender, you win. Because he's already won the war. So we're on the winning side. So learn to serve. That's what devoted means. I am devoted to this. So this morning we're going to speak about devoted to the fellowship. Acts 2.42. Famous Josh Jen reference scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Just as an aside, it's interesting that prayer is lost. Isn't that interesting? Because when the Bible puts things in order, it puts them there for a purpose. So the apostles' teaching was vital because the teaching was about Jesus. So my focal point, my central focal point is about Jesus. When it speaks about the fellowship or fellowship, it's God's people, the fellowship. This is the fellowship. And fellowship is not just we belong to a club. In my day, you know, the boys on the border used to go to the border. And the ladies in the churches used to knit socks for the boys on the border. In the church. That was the little clubs. They'd knit socks. I thought they were doing such a wonderful thing. And then they were the wrong color and you couldn't wear them and whatever. But that was like we did the, that. That's not what the church is. That's what we're talking about, fellowship. That's not the fellowship. The fellowship is, is, the church is an organism. It's not an organization. It's not a club. We come here on Sunday and we come to the club. I've got a friend who's in ministry and we have known him for 30 years. Together we've been in ministry. And he lives in Peter Maritzburg, well, now in Durban, and he dives. So he's not young anymore and he went for a dive the other day with a guy who'd met. He said he looks like... He said, Jeff, you don't know what you want to know what it looks like. He's tattooed from his head to his toes. And he's got, you know, rings and spikes. And I always see people who've got this thing through their eyebrow. You know, this. I said, if I take that out, what falls off? Because it looks like a bolt holding something on, you know. I said, if I take it out, there's something drop off. Anyway, went diving with this guy. And afterwards, the guy said, do you want to come to the club? And we'll have a burger or whatever, and a Coke or something else. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll come. He said, what club is it? He said, it's the Hell's Angel Club. So he said, I'm allowed. He said, yeah, you can come. Anyway, long story short, he spoke to a guy in the Hell's Angel Club. Now, you know Hell's Angels, motorbikers? First of all, as a Hell's Angel, you're not allowed to ride anything but an American bike. You can't ride 
if you ride a bike and you go to a Suzuki or a Kawasaki or on a Subaru, you've got to ride an American bike. So he said to the guy, if I want to join Hell's Angels, what does it take? He said, we've got seven clubs in, in South Africa. You have to visit every club within two years and spend time in the club so that they can get to know you and you can get to know them. First requirement. Every club. There are clubs, obviously, in America and all over. He said, if you can afford it, we want you to go to America and go to a club in America and meet the people so that we can get to know you. Wow, he said. What else? He said, you've got to attend the meetings we have. If you miss one, you can't be a member. And so he, he, he laid down all these rules to belong to the Hell's Angels Club. Now that's devotion. To the wrong thing, but that's devotion. The Muslims are devoted. Doesn't matter where they are, they pray four times a day. Five times. Sorry, I forgot my thumb. <laughs> they devoted to the wrong thing, but they devoted. Now you think of your life with Jesus. We've got the real thing. We've got a God who is alive. We don't speak to some dead God. He's alive. We, and he's devoted to me. Surely, surely I can devote myself to him and to the cause that he espouses, which is his church, which is me and you, to the fellowship. I'm devoted. I want to commend you this morning. I arrived early because he said, you've got to come at Opus Dei, eh? We pray. So I'll be there. I'll be there. So we up, bef we're up before the sun came up, you know, long because we live miles away. No, I'm, jo I'm joking, Andre. <laughs> but I just enjoyed the spirit in the prayer meeting, the vibe in this congregation. It's lovely. There's devotion. You want what God wants to give you. You're hungry for that. God will bless it. God will bless it. The Bible says if you hunger and thirst for righteousness in Matthew chapter 5, then what will happen? You'll be filled. If you hunger and thirst for the real thing, God will fill you. Because God sees your heart. God knows. God wants. So it's, it's, it's more than friendship. You know, we just kind of got some mates. Oh, I'm going to see Matthew, my old mate. I'm coming. How's it, Matt? Hello, and then I go again. No, there's a deep thing. There's a, there's a family connection. You, you're part of my family, and whether you like it or not, I'm your brother. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> and whether I like it or not, you are my uh, brothers and sisters. Forever. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. You get taken out of this family, and you, be, you get... God puts the lonely into families. That's what the Bible says. I didn't think I needed this kind of family. I've got a nice family. I'm happy. But God came and met me and said, no, you need a proper family. You need a family that knows me, that walks with me. Now, family do know the Lord, but this is my family now. This is my family. Hallelujah. So Paul uses the, the word that he uses is kononia or kononia. People, you pronounce it, you know, in a special way. And it means three things. It means, first of all, fellowship with God. 
our fellowship with God. Then it's fellowship with you. And then it's fellowship with other churches. That's what it means to devote yourself to the fellowship. Now, we must be careful that we don't devote ourselves to the fellowship and forget Jesus. Jesus is the head of the body. Like wives are the head of the man. No, sorry, the, the, <laughs> the man is the head, but the woman's the neck. She makes things turn. <laughs> the Bible says the man is the head of the house. And women say, we the neck. Yeah. No, no. But you know what I'm trying to say, okay? We're a family. We, first, we relate to God. We get what God gives us, and we relate to one another. We become family. Gwen was from Weinberg. She loved Weinberg. She loved the home group, the common Weinberg. And she moved here. And now you love these people and they love you. I walk in this old Gwen up and down doing but just like she did in one fiddling, cutting tablecloths. And you think she's part of the family. She's part of the family. Amen? That's what happens. You get drawn in and you receive and you give yourself to this family and you begin to fellowship and enjoy it. It speaks of co-laboring. We do this together. I'm devoted to that. We do it together. We partner with each other. We, we give of ourselves to one another. I, um, I'm hosting this man. Now, after my wife died, we, we had lots of people to our house. That was, we loved that. But I got this thing in me that, like, I can't, you know, I'm on my own. Poor me. And I, I, don't, I don't have people staying over. I don't, I don't do that. People come, but then you must go. <laughs> and so this guy from America came called Rick. <laughs> and I was up in the Southern Cape, Otsuren, Marcel Bay, George, driving around in the church, having the time of my life. And Philip phoned me and said, Jeff, there's this guy, Rick, he's with us. Yeah. And we believe that you should host him for a week. So I said, well, look, Philip, I'm away, bro. I mean, I can't do that. I mean, I'm in the Southern Cape. I mean, and I don't really even know when I'm coming back. And I do know when I'm coming back, but I'm trying to make excuses. <laughs> when are you back? I said, I think it's the Wednesday. It was actually the Tuesday. Um, so he said, okay, then you can get him on Saturday. So I said, yeah, but you know, my place, you know, it's like so small. You know, when he comes out of his bedroom and I come out of mine, we'll meet. So he said, no, we feel God said, you need to host this guy. You can connect with him. I couldn't get out of it. Anyway, I left it. When I came back, they hadn't said another word. I thought, hallelujah. I won. Saturday morning, Mac phones me. You know, Mac and Nordine, Mac. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Hey, Mac, how's it going? When are you fetching Rick? <laughs> get behind me, Satan. <laughs> How dare you? I said, I said, Mac, listen, Brew, I don't even know who this oak is. He said, Jeff, I'm on speaker. <laughs> oops. You know those oops? Okay, yeah, no, cool. Rick, yeah, Lekka. <laughs> you know how Christians are, you know? You know, ah, praise God, I'm on top of that, Brew. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath and all that stuff, you know? Um, so when do you want me to fetch him? This afternoon. Oh, yeah, no, no, no problem, no thinking, what am I going to do? Anyway, I was forced to host him for a week. 
and God broke something on me. So now I'm hosting him. It's very difficult, but I'm, I'm easy. My <laughs> but I'm devoted to that now. I had to learn how to do it on my own. Because all I thought was somebody to stay. Pillow slips, sheets, food, my shower. Now this is going to be very unhappy for me. It's not going to suit me. And God said, I don't care. If it doesn't suit you, I want you to do it. Because lots of what we do doesn't suit us. It doesn't suit me when somebody phones me at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, were you sleeping? Uh, yes. As if to, but you're the pastor. You, you, you shouldn't be sleeping. You should be praying. You know that thing? It's, there's lots of things that are not, they don't, they're not the norm. But that's what we're called for. And we receive that. But we become devoted because we co-labor, we partner, we're with each other. I'm, no, I won't go there. Scripture says we belong to one another, Romans 12.5. This is what Romans 12.5 says. We belong to one another. So in Christ, in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So I belong to you. So if I come and say, I'm coming for lunch, you say, hallelujah, you can come for lunch. So I'm coming for lunch. Good. I'm not joking. <laughs> I preached once on the difference between hospitality, and I'll get there, and entertainment. I said, the Bible just says we must be hospitable. So if it's soup and rolls, come. You don't Entertaining is lovely. You can do that, but it's you must be hospitable. So I'm preaching my heart out. We get invited out for lunch, and we go to this house. And they said, you sitting over there, I said, thank you. It's a little table on its own. Funny. They said, we're being hospitable to you, but we're entertaining your wife. You getting toast and tea, she's getting a roast. They were just teasing. But they were showing the difference between just being hospitable and, well, I'm coming to your house. Well, we've only got chicken and rolls. Cool. But you know what it's like. No, no, you mustn't come. We'll, we'll go by. <laughs> We family. We family. When you could join this church, you did this thing. You said, What's in your fridge is. And what's in my fridge is. Now, he hasn't opened my fridge yet, fortunately. <laughs> my kids come and open my grandkids say, But, Papa, there's nothing in your fridge. <laughs> Milk, butter, and cheese, and some water. And that's my fridge. But he was coming, so stop. I'm, I'm being hospitable. I'm, that's what God has called us. We belong to each other. And when we go on a conference like the 12, 412 conference, we belong to people from all over the world. You meet people from the Isle of Man, from Scotland, you can't understand what they're saying, you know. And, and, oh, welcome. You know, and they talk. You say, just repeat that. Just repeat that. Because you can't understand them. They talk funny. But they're your brothers and sisters, and you meet people. You make connections, and then you go overseas. You know, when COVID started, I was asked to keep phoning a guy or connect with a guy who's heard of this on the Isle of Mull. Not, not Afrikaans Mull. Ni Mull, ni M-U-L-L. Who remembers the Beatles? The Mull of Kintyre. You remember the Mull of Kintyre? Yeah. Are you educating me? He was on the island of Mull with his wife and two kids. So I would video call him. How's it? His name is Kyle Porter. 
And his wife's name is Fleur, and now they've got three kids. He spoke about, I, I don't know him from Adam. I don't know him. He's going through all sorts of challenges and interesting things. Anyway, long story, he went from Mull, he went to the mainland of Scotland, and then we encouraged him to go to the Isle of Man. He's now on the Isle of Man. So I spoke to him, I said, Drew, next year, I'm coming to the Isle of Man conference. He said, he's so excited. We've never met. We've only seen each other on the telephone. He said, you come stay with us. This one, I, I'm a chef. He's a chef. He's got a restaurant. I'll feed you, bro. I'll feed you, bro. Now, I don't know him, but he's, he's, he's my brother. You know what I'm saying? That's what happens at conferences. Don't go there and sit, you know, like an old, you know, like a bump on a log, you know. See if anybody talks to me. Nobody spoke to me today, so I'm miserable. Well, be miserable then. But get off your blessed assurance and you go and speak to people. It helps you. That's what family's about. When you walk into your family, you don't go, hello, everybody, and then sit down. And then everybody comes to you because you're so important. You go to people, you greet them. It's family. I come this morning. I don't know half your names, but, you know, you can sell them my brother, which means I forgot your name. But I still use still my brother. Hello, my sister. Because I see so many people because I go to all the congregations and people have seen me. How's it, Jeff? How's it, Brew? <laughs> Hallelujah. For Brew and for sister. But we're together in this. We do it together. Can you say amen? John, the Apostle John, repeatedly says it's impossible to love God and not love people. So if you're not loving me, you've got a problem. Because I'm God's too. And if I'm not loving you, I've got a problem. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 1, 6-7. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, look at this, we lie. Nobody likes to hear that. And we do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he in the, he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. If you claim, if you read 1 John, and you, un, you, you circle, if you claim, if you claim, if you claim, if you claim to know Jesus, then you must walk like him. 1 John 2.6. That's got nothing to do with this, but that's just the verse. 1 John 2.9 and 10. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. That's very important. It's very important. Because in the darkness we stumble. You know what coffee tables were made for? To know you've got shins when it's dark. You know that, ah, or those tables with the little thingies out and then you kick your toe on it. That's, that's what they fall. But that's the darkness. That's what happens. You stumble in the darkness. But when you live in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other. 1 John 4, 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Hmm. Some people are hard to love, eh? Now come on, say amen. Of course it's true. You know that. But you know, you're trying to be religious. No, no, I love everybody. And God puts us in families, and there's always what I call a GG in every con. It's called a grace grower. God gives us grace growers. That one person. 
that one person. You might be the one person. I might be the one person. But God gives us a grace grow. Why? To teach us how to live in family. I had four kids. The first two, I thought, children, I'd have a dozen. They're so easy. Then the third one arrived. Oh, help me, Lord. And then the fourth one arrived. I said, what have I done? Because they're all different. They're all different. They test you. They push the boundaries. They ma- it's so difficult. The fourth one was impossible. I wanted to kill him. My late wife said, Lovey, you've got to just love him. I don't love him. I just don't want to love him. I want to kill him. <laughs> well, you can't love. And now he's 41, and he's married, and he's got two boys, and he said, I gave you a hard time, eh, Dad? <laughs> now I can't hit him because he's faster than me. But you know what I'm saying? There's sometimes you, and Jesus says, no, I want you to learn to love them. Because that's what the family is. Because the Bible says, by their love, the love, the world knew that these people had something we didn't have. By their love, you'll know them. Now, love's not soppy, messy, gooey, foofy love. It's strong. It's, it's, got, it's got something in it. The grace of God gives you love. You can stand. It's not, you know, oh, brother. You know, you remember, oh, you won't remember, none of you are that old. We used to sing a song, I love you with the love of the Lord. They used to make us hold hands, you remember? No, you're not old enough. I'm being kind to you. You're not old enough. You Do you remember it? I would never have thought you are that old. <laughs> so you hold hands and then they say, look at each other and then you sing. I love you with the love of the Lord. And I think this is so, this is the cringe factor of note. <laughs> My grace grows next to me. I love you with the love of the Lord. <laughs> no, I don't, but I'm seeing it anyway. Oh, you know what? You, that's not what we're talking about. That's not the love we're talking about. Love, if you read the love's chapter, chapter 13, it doesn't bear grudges. It holds no record of wrong. Love always perseveres. Love al- it always makes a way. So that one, go love on them. Amen? Will you do that? God made a covenant with us. A covenant is between two people. When he made a promise, he took an oath with Abraham, the writer to the Hebrews says this, when you take an oath, you've got to have two parties. Because then I come to you, I make an oath, I swear by. And God had no one else to swear by. So he swore by himself. Because he could do that. We can't do that. And the covenant is between two people. And God makes the covenant. He takes the initiative. He said, you are mine. You and I are in covenant forever and ever and ever. And a covenant is this, if I keep the covenant and I walk according to it and I keep the relationship, then blessings will flow. But if I'm disobedient to the covenant, I can expect penalties to come. Like when you're watching rugby and a front rank gets blown up for doing something wrong and they always go, like me. Either they're too dumb to realize that it is them or because they're front ranks, I don't know, or they put on that, you know, look, no, I, 
Couldn't possibly be me. I mean, you know that look. We do that sometimes when we get hand, found out by God. Me? Are you serious? Yeah, you offended me? I, I offended you? Yeah, you did. Oh, my word. We did a strengths and weaknesses thing when I first went into the ministry. And they said, these are your weaknesses. I said, I beg your pardon? Me, weaknesses? They said, yeah, they are. One, two, three. I said, okay, okay, okay. Don't, you know, lay it on thick. Because, you know, I don't have weaknesses. Of course we do. But we love despite. Because love covers over all the records of wrongs. Love covers a multitude of sins. Peter says, wow, Jesus did that for you. Calls us to be like him. Okay, that's what devoted means. So when Paul traveled, he partnered with people. People partnered with him. Look at um, 2 Corinthians 8.5. He says this. He says, and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. So the 412 conference is first to the Lord, and then there are people looking for accommodation. I can't have anybody in my house. I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. I, you know. That's what I, I, I've got a small place. Now I'm saying, I'm, I'm there. Two people, I can accommodate two people. I'm driving in and out. They can come with me, and we'll have a ball. You're going to leave so early in the morning. For three mornings in one year, I'm going to leave earlier than usual. Yes, I'm going to do that. Oh, you're quite good. No, I'm devoted. I'm devoted. Who cares? You mean you're going to get up earlier than normal? Yeah. But the sun's not even up. Is God awake at that time? Yes. <laughs> I'm devoted because Paul says they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. And then in um, Galatians 4.15. Now this tells a story. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? I'm just guessing. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel, as if I were Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify, listen, that if you could have done so, you'd have torn out your eyes and given them to me. They were devoted. In a later thing, Paul says, see what big letters I use because I write this in my own hand. So obviously, Paul had... Eyesight issues. I mean, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work that out. But they were prepared. He said, you, you were so for me when I traveled. Now, people are traveling from all over the world. It's an opportunity to host. Say, so, yeah, come stay with us. You see that slide about hosting? Go there. Put your name. Say, I'll host. It's a challenge, but do it. You'll find such joy. You'll find such satisfaction. You with me? So how well do we receive people? How well do we receive strangers? It says in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, I didn't give you those scriptures, it said an elder, a qualification, must, he must be hospitable. Now that doesn't mean you say, oh, well, the elders must be hospitable. That's cool. No, we've got to set the example. And that's what God showed me. He said, you're not setting an example. You're not being hospitable. You'll have people around for a meal, but then buzz off. Clean up, you know, I'm a cleanliness freak. My late wife, my kids say, geez, Dad, the place looks spotless. Well, that's me. Everything's in its place. You wouldn't have thought so. Don't open the cupboards, though. 
<laughs> it's not all like that. But it's your opportunity to show that I can, I can host and I can be a blessing to someone from overseas who's a stranger now but becomes a friend. Then one day when you go, they say, no, you come save us. And suddenly there's this friendship across because that's how it works in the kingdom of God. Amen? So we must be hospitable. We need to treat strangers like brothers. The Bible says in Psalm 68, it's God who puts the lonely into families. Are they coming across? There's some people who, they know nothing about South Africa. Some people still think they're lions in the streets. I'm serious. You go to some little villages in, in, in England where they have people have never left the village. They say, so is it safe? You know, all the wild animals. We say, no, we walk around with guns. <gasps> really? Oh, yeah. Very dangerous. No, don't talk rubbish. Of course there's no animals. They all, you know, they're up in the north. We chase them. The Gautengers, they have to sort them out. We, we have no problems. But that's how people think. It's your opportunity. We were strangers, but we were enemies. He said, not just when we were strangers, when we were enemies. Jesus did this, Romans 5. You see, at just the right time. I love that. At just the right time. When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. I never understood that line. I haven't got time to tell you what it means. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's, that's the heart of it. That's the heart of it. He, God does things. When we were enemies, we were strangers. We weren't just strangers. We were enemies. And he called us in. It says in Romans 12, 13, extend all hospitality to a stranger. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone, who do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And 1 Peter 4, verse 9, I like this. Do it without grumbling. Well, all right, you said we better do it. I'll do it then. What the heck? I'll just try. Without grumbling. I had a boss who used to say to me, don't grumble, complain. Because grumblers are behind your back. <laughs> Complainers come and say, look, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Don't grumble, complain. And that's why I said grumblers, not complainers, grumblers. I had an experience happen to me years ago. I'd just gotten saved. That's a long time ago. And I went to church with my then three children and my wife. And there was a guy who drove trucks, what he said. In those days, you drove a truck like from Cape Town to Port Elizabeth. And in Port Elizabeth, there was a company called Oddie's Bodies. And they used to fit the bodies to the truck. So if you saw a guy driving a truck with no body, he was just sitting there in a little cage driving this truck. He was going to Port Elizabeth. Then what they would do is they would hitch home to Cape Town to save money. They could get on a whatever, but they'd have to pay. So in order to save money. So this guy lands up in our church. So he arrives, a black guy, and there he is. So I go and visit, say hello to him. Hi, welcome, nice to So he tells me his story. What was my first response? I'm such a nice guy. You people are being very kind. My first response was, uh, I wonder. But I felt the Spirit say to me, you invite him, you, you say to him, what can I do for you after the meeting? 
So I went, I said, what are you doing after the meeting? He said, no, if you can just put me on the road, the N2 to Cape Town, I'll be happy. And then I'll hitch. If I don't get a lift, I'll see you this evening. I thought, ah, there we are. There we go. He's not going to get a lift. I know, I know. So my beloved wife said, well, does anyone want to come home for lunch first? I said, good idea. I said, you want to come home for lunch? Then we'll take you. I'd love to. Came home for lunch. Gave him lunch. The kids loved him. We had a lovely time. He said, okay, he needs to get on the road. Now, from Port Elizabeth to Cape Town is going to take you eight hours. So I'm doing all the math in my head now. It's two o'clock, whatever. Now he's going to get a lift. Now he's going to get, ooh, I don't know. Anyway, drop him, pray with him, go. Guess who appears in the evening meeting? He's there. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to have to host this guy. I'm going to have to put him to a house. Is it safe? Oh, God, he's a nice enough guy. I've got all these questions. And then we broke bread that night. And then he prayed. And I understand closer. And he prayed. And he said, God, it's not by the blood of goats or bulls, but the precious blood of Jesus. And then I knew. Anyway, long story we, I said, what can I do with you tonight, Dad? you want to come home? We'll, no, no. He said, I would never do that. He said, if you take me to the station, there's transport that leaves there tonight. I said, are you sure? Now, I'm really convicted. He said, I'm serious. He said, they make little fires there. I'll, I'll be fine. Just take me to the Port Elizabeth station. Took him to the station, and we parked, and the kids, Dad, we want to say goodbye to our friend. So we all go. And honestly... And I'm not one of those who has visions. And he walked and he just disappeared. Where'd he go? Literally. Walked back to the car with my kids. My one kid said, where'd he go, Dad? I said, no, he probably went to the bathroom. And this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by sounding, some people have entertained angels. I'm telling you, I'm convinced he was an angel. I'm convinced he was an angel. He just, I gave him my number. He never phoned me, never connected me. Because they don't have phones in heaven. <laughs> I don't know. What I'm saying is this. When we reach out to strangers, when we're devoted to being in fellowship with people, when we're devoted, when we press in and it's awkward and it's challenging, that's what God wants from us. Do it. Break the mold that the world has put you in. You know that J.B. Phillips wrote in chapter 12 of Romans, verse 1, that translation of the Bible, he said, don't be, don't be shaped by the world's mold. Don't be sucked into the world's way of doing it. And it is the world's way. Well, okay, I'll just drop you. I felt I'd done myself a disservice. Afterwards, I drove up and just, what if he was an angel? I wasn't very kind to him. Just think if he, if he was an angel and I'd given myself and he'd begun maybe to pray with me or pray for me, what could have happened? I didn't know. I didn't know. But God wants us to be devoted to fellowship, to the fellowship. So, and to open our homes. So if you haven't yet booked, I loved what you said, if, if money mustn't be the issue, we want you there. Come on, say amen. amen. God wants you there. Because you're going to get fantastic apostolic teaching. 
you're in a fellowship with people from Scotland who you can't understand. And from Ireland. <laughs> I've got an Irish friend. He phones me. He says, Jeff, it's Davey. I just want to tell you a story. And then he says, goodbye. Uh, Paddy, you know, like we with Funamava, he's Paddy. Tells me Paddy's story. Just phones me from Ireland. He gets to two minutes, tells me a story, says goodbye. Hmm, goodbye. <laughs> but he's my friend. And from all over the world, people will come. From America, from Brazil, from all over. And we can meet them. They are brothers. They are sisters. You can host them. And when you give them food, they say, no, we don't eat that in Brazil. Listen, Brew, you're in South Africa. You eat what gets put in front. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Come on. We can do this. Where's the clock? Oh, there's a calendar at the back. That's how long I've gone on for. Sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm finished. I want you to do it. Come on. All of us. Not one should stay behind. We should all be there. It's not far. How far is it tomorrow, song? 25 k's. You'll drive that far to go to the beach because you're so far from the beach here. Yeah? Go. Book. Get in. Be devoted. Press through that difficulty. Go to your boss and say, look, I have to have leave. This is life or death, bro. Really? Yeah, what is it? It's a conference. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's another story, eh? God bless you if you're doing that. <laughs> I really mean that. It's wonderful. There are te camping facilities. Um, but, no. <laughs> no, I've, I've passed that. I mean, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, worn the shorts, sent the postcard. No. God bless you if you're camping. I mean, it's wonderful. People said there'll be such a vibe. I said, God bless you. I'm happy. I'll be in my bed and uh, dreaming. And getting words from God while you fight mosquitoes and can't. No, 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 no. God bless you, but no. Amen. So let me pray for you that God will touch your hearts. Just before we pray, sorry, does anybody feel God did something to them just before I started when I said give something away to God? Do you feel God touched your heart? You did? Good. Now, let me just say this to you. What he said to you, do it. Remember when, 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 Jesus, when Mary went to Jesus and she said, we're out of wine. I love that. I mean, in the Western Cape, we're out of wine. Never. <laughs> we're okay. But Jesus, what must, what must I do? What, what must I do? She said to the guys with those stone pots, do whatever he tells you. That's all. So they filled them up. I was preaching on that once. And it worked out there was 120 gallons of wine. So I, I said, how much is a gallon of wine? And one guy said, 69.99. <laughs> I lost my sermon. <laughs> I wasn't asking that question. I mean... I was saying in quantity, you know, that's a lot of wine. $69.99, Pastor. <laughs> whatever, it's, that's cheap good. But you know what I'm saying. Do whatever he tells you. If God spoke to you this morning, do it. The best way to walk with the Spirit is to, is to do what he tells you. And sometimes it's, I'll give you one last testimony. 
my sister-in-law and brother retiring in Flittenberg Bay. And so she phones me and says, look, I've got, I've got these friends, and she is like in serious trouble. She, she touches things. She'll touch Andre, and she'll feel an energy, and she'll know what's going on. She hates it because and she sits on a seat, and she'll know who sat there before. I mean, like weird stuff. She said, won't you talk to her? And in my head, I'm thinking, how am I going to talk to somebody with those problems? And I felt the Holy Spirit say, go. Me? <laughs> yeah, go. I'm starting to fight now. It's six hours by car, Lord. Go. I said to my sister, look, I'll come and visit her. She said, you what? I said, I'll come and visit her. And her husband, the two of them. Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. All right. So, the long story is I went. If you've heard of witches and wizards and warlords and healers and demonic things that I've never ever heard of or thought of, that's what they were involved in. You cannot imagine. And there sits me. Thanks a lot, Lord. <laughs> this is what obedience does. But it tested me to rely on him and not me. Because I've prayed for people with devils before. I've even had a devil speak to me. He once said to me, you sweating and I'm staying. And I thought, goodness, where did that come from? And the guy's standing there as dumb as it can be. I said, come back here. He said, well, what's wrong? Then I realized it wasn't him. I didn't know what I was doing. And the demon said, you sweating and I'm staying. I went to visit them. And we prayed. And we prayed. And the Spirit of God began to convict her. And she owned up to things. And they owned up to things. And the both of them. And we prayed. Three days. And then Thursday morning, bah! Breakthrough. My sister said to me, sister said to me, she's different. I said, well, of course she's different. She met Jesus. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. I'm just a conduit. You said you're a conduit. You said... I just put this hand up. Who am I? Nothing. Nothing. I'm just a conduit. I'm just a vessel that God uses. We are just vessels. Please listen and do what he's told you to do. You know, you'll get blessing beyond what you imagined. Now we can stand. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the 412 conference.